Floors by Patrick Carmen, Chapter 8 Into the Park After Remy put the blue box in the duck elevator, he returned to the lobby just in time to open the door for Mrs. Sparks. Phillips! she screamed, and Mr. Phillips, a slow mover at best, began walking towards the lobby. He had a wobbly gait, which Blop began talking about in cryptic medical terms only a back surgeon could understand. Miss Sparks gave the little robot an icy stare, though she knew it was hopeless. Shy of throwing Blop across the lawn, there wasn't much she could do to shut him up. A and so you see, walking is far more complex than one might imagine at first glance. Wouldn't you agree? asked Blop, looking at Miss Sparks hopefully, as if his only wish in the world were that she would answer him. Instead, she turned to the gardener as he arrived at the step. I need you to watch the front desk until I return, she demanded. Something has come up. It was a hot day, and Mr. Phillips pulled out a handkerchief and mopped his brow. If you insist. Mrs. Sparks was not fond of sweat and made a sour face, but she needed to go and Pilar wouldn't be available until two o'clock. She looked at her wristwatch, noon, and she scurried down the path towards the gate. I'll be back before dinner bell at six. Pray the building doesn't fall over before I return. Remy and Mr. Phillips watched as she disappeared down the winding path without a word. As soon as she was out of earshot, Mr. Phillips turned to Remy. I'll be working on the puzzle. Don't get into any trouble. Um, I can't get into any trouble here at the door, said Remy, unless you count dying of boredom. Who said anything about standing by the door, said Mr. Phillips. He was already inside, heading for the puzzle room without the slightest care about who might enter the building in the absence of a boy at the door or a gardener at the front desk. Remy looked at Blop, who was staring up at him, hopefully, and broke into a wide grin. Let's go see what's in the blue box. What, what do you mean you're on the fifth floor? I thought you were glued to the front door. Leah was standing before a jumble of wires at the electrical panel on six. The pipes were all painted different colors, and they twisted and turned around one another, creating a spaghetti rainbow effect that made Leo's head spin. Add to that what looked like a thousand miles of wires dangling from the ceiling, and it was a miracle the whole place didn't self-destruct from an overload of chaos. It wasn't one of the more confusing places in the ma maintenance tunnel, and it required Leo's full attention to get anything done. His concentration blown, Leo stepped back from the electrical panel and listened as Remy told him about Mrs. Sparks' early departure and his explanation of the blue box. When Leo understood what Remy had done, he felt angry. It was his box, not Remy's, and now Remy had opened it without him. I checked the registry, and no one has stayed in the Central Park room since Mr. Whippet disappeared, he reported. What's in there? Leo didn't want to talk about the Central Park room. It's not your box. You shouldn't have opened it. But but you told me to get it, Remy pleaded, all the excitement gone out of his voice as he thought of upsetting Leo. I didn't tell you to open it. You shouldn't have done that. I was only trying to help. Leo looked at the mass of wires and blown fuses before him, and he knew he couldn't possibly fix the air conditioning in less than half an hour. After that, He'd have little time, maybe an hour, in which to disappear into the labyrinth of the hotel. It's okay, he said, trying to let go of something that he really didn't think was his and his alone. Just ask next, next time, okay? Next time, said Remy, his old zing returning. You mean there are more boxes in this place? Awesome. 
We're supposed to bring a duck, said Leo, thinking it would be a perfectly errand for Remy and Blop while they finished the electrical work. Go to the roof and get Betty. She's the smartest in the bunch. Then meet me at the door of, to the Central Park room. We're going in. Yes, cried Remy. You hear that, Blop? We're going in. Leo went back to the work on the wiring, pulling the crystal fuses and electrical tape from out of his maintenance bag. While Remy went to the duck elevator, he told Leo what was inside the blue box. Trains and tracks, mostly, said Remy. Trains? I know, weird, right? There's not a train in Central Park, but it says right here on the side of the lid, Enter through Central Park on 5 under the arrow. Have you been to Central Park before? asked Leo. He had to set the two-way radio on the ledge, pushing the button when he needed to, while his hands worked quickly at the wires and fuses. Sure, I've been to the park. Who hasn't? said Remy. He asked Leo why Bop was being so quiet. If he blows through ten thousand words in under an hour, it usually shuts his voice chip down for a little while. You must have had quite a chat this morning. Oh, yeah, we talked about everything. He's my travel buddy. Leo could imagine Remy, the small elevator, sitting on the floor with Blop on his lap in the cardboard box. The two boys were like secret spies, making their way through Hidden World, not knowing what they found or might find around the next corner. Under the arrow, said Leo, running electrical tape around a bunch of red and yellow wires. I don't know about any arrows in the park. We might have to do some searching to find the entrance. I'm at the roof, said Remy, but Betty won't get in. She's in a bad mood. Should I bring a different duck? Leo thought about wandering through Central Park with a robot, a duck, and a buddy, and he thought better of the idea. Well, I think we can manage without Betty this time, Leo said, screwing in the last fuse and throwing the electrical switch. A whirling noise ensued, and Leo knew the air conditioning was back up again. He was a free man, at last, until his dad found out he'd finished fixing the A.C. in record time. Head back down and knock on the door. I'll open it from the inside. How are you going to do that? Leo didn't answer. It was best if only he and his dad knew about some of the undisclosed ways into the rooms in the hotel. Berganza had been clear about this when he'd hired Clarence Fillmore. Some places were known by only a few people, the proud and the maintenance men. Leo swung by the cake room on six and knocked on the door, hoping no one would be in. His hopes were dashed when Jane Yancey answered. She had frosting on her nose. Well, it took you long enough, she said. Jane had an attitude to spare as she bit into a cupcake and talked with her mouth full, spitting crumbs all over the floor. We were boiling in here. My dad is going to get a refund. Can I come in and check on a couple things? asked Leo. Leo was surprised to hear Mr. Yancey's voice from inside, sounding exasperated. Let him in, honey. The boy's got work to do. Jane Yancey stepped aside begrudgingly, wiping frosting on her pink tank top. The room was cooling down fast as Leo entered, thinking about how he never actually see, ever sees Mr. Yancey. The guy was like a ghost, normally off on some meeting. All they knew for sure was that Mrs. Sparks told him that Mr. Yancey was a zillionaire into precious metals and oil reserves, and not to be bothered. The room itself was breathtaking, full of huge models of whirly decorated cakes and candies, which could be climbed and slid down and played on. 
there were glass doors behind which rooms were filled with real cakes and treats all replaced by the restaurant staff every morning do you mind if i check the walk-ins leo yelled towards the bedroom hoping that mr yancey would come out and introduce himself be my guest but just don't let jane in there she's had enough treats for one day jane scowled as leo stepped into the cooler when it came back out mr yancey was standing next to his daughter her mother's out shopping spending all my money said leo he said to leo leo was immediately struck by how dark the man's appearance was against the bright colors of the room a black suit black hair black shoes a black coffee mug he was a big man with a big face and a balding head and leo could imagine him on an oil rig barking out instructions and wondered if that was where he'd gotten his start mr yancey looked at leo like he belonged in a dirty flannel shirt and thick worn pants smudged with black oil drooling into a thousand feet of earth searching for treasures leo had forgotten to turn off the two-way before entering the room and to his horror remy's voice filled the cake room okay leo where are you not funny blop is waking up hey i know that voice said jane yancey it's the goofy kid from the lobby what's he's doing and, and who's blop leo started for the door as mr yancey watched him curiously everything's tip-top he said with a nervous smile but if you have any problems you know how to find me Leo was out of the room before Jane Yancey could ask any, him any more questions, but she turned to her father, her arms folded over her chest. Those two were up to something. Mr. Yancey, for his part, sipped his black coffee and wondered how much Leo Fillmore really knew about the Whippet Hotel. He shrugged and went back to his room, saying over his shoulder, Don't get into any trouble until your mothers get back. But Jane Yancey had a better idea, and as soon as she was out the door without Mr. Y Yancey having a clue. The fastest way down to the fifth floor was the main staircase, so Leo ran down it, nervously watching behind him having and having Jane Yancey chase after him. When he arrived at the door to the Central Park room, Remy was gone. Oh, great, just what I need. Leo didn't have a key card for the door, and it was a bit of a trick getting through the maintenance tunnel from where we stood. He pulled out his radio just in time to hear Jane Yancey's voice up from up the stairs. Maintenance man, she said, follow, following him, as he suspected she might. It wouldn't take long for her to arrive on five and start asking all sorts of questions. Without warning, the door of the Central Park room flew open, and Leo heard Blop's voice. Ah, Mr. Fillmore, welcome to the park. We've been expecting you. Leo darted inside and... The door closed silently behind him. He didn't have to ask Remy how he'd gotten in, because Remy was holding a green keycard in his hand. He'd made off with it while Mrs. Sparks was away, and the front desk was unmanned. Not bad, thought Leo, not bad at all. There came a knocking at the door, Jane Yancey for sure, but the two boys ignored her pleas and began walking. I know you're in there, let me in, she screamed from the hall. She will prove troublesome, said Blop, resting his full words again very common for six-year-olds particularly if you've spoiled leo saw that remy had brought the blue box with him carrying blob in the pocket of his red jacket from the where the robot peeked out one good turn deserves another said leo thinking about how remy's keycard had gotten them into the room opening up his maintenance bag leo pulled out a squished cupcake which he snuck out of the cooler in the cake room nice said remy setting the blue box down and sliding off the lid 
He broke the treat in half as they settled over the box and gazed inside. This Magranzer guy is a little wacky, said Remy, handing half the cupcake to Leo. Both boys were starving, and the cupcake vanished in one big bite. You have no idea, Leo tried to say, but it came out, Ooh, I have no idea, as he tried to speak through a mouthful of cake. Remy thought it was hilarious and started laughing and then rolling around on the floor in hysterics. Leo joined in and they were both sharing a good laugh, which unfortunately Jane Yancey could hear from the other side of the door. She marched away, determined to ruin their lives, or at least die trying. When Leo and Remy calmed down, they looked inside the box and found that it was filled with the most intricate model train set either one of them had ever seen. There were rolling hills and tunnels and trees and a farm, and the train engine itself was the size of Leo's thumb, with two silver cars behind it. Watch this, said Remy. He reached inside, pushed the tiny lever forward, and the train started to move. Leo wished he'd been the one to first see see this, but watching the miniature train make its way around the box was so magical, he could hardly stay mad. What does it mean? Remy asked as the train continued round and round. There's only one way to find out, said Leo, standing up and looking over the Central Park room. We'll have to find the train and climb aboard. Remy smiled, frosting in his teeth, and the two boys started laughing again. Then they started walking. An arrow was hidden somewhere in the Central Park room and it wouldn't be easy to find.